Welcome to Finding Home with Scott Harris, where we take a fresh look at what home means. People are drawn to New York to make big visions into reality, and I've guided hundreds of them to find homes that support these dreams. Each episode is dedicated to their stories. I'm Scott Harris, your host. Welcome back to the Finding Home podcast with me, Scott Harris. It is almost the end of September when I'm recording this and thinking back to a couple of months ago when I had the great fortune of getting to hang out with David Seth Cohen, who is a filmmaker and is doing really neat things in the world. And uh, the conversation we had was a lot of fun talking about a couple of different uh, things that he has worked on, including uh, a documentary about his relationship with Adam Sandler, which is totally fascinating. And we had a lot of fun talking about that. We also talked about New York versus LA. And, you know, if you're a filmmaker and you're you're in the entertainment business. The big question is New York versus LA. So I think we had, you know, we had a good time talking about that. And you know, just like finding finding your dream home, you know, following that dream of filmmaking is is a real calling, and it's exciting to, as always, to talk to people who are passionate uh, to talk about you know the, the different movies that Dave, David Seth Cohen's working on. Um, also, what's been really neat and as I've worked with lots and lots of successful people in New York and beyond, what are they passionate about outside of their professions in terms of philanthropy? And that not only has David been working with, uh, working on his passion projects and movies, but also has this philanthropic arm where he's helped charities raise almost $40 million, which is incredible. And I think one of the other things that is fascinating about David Seth Cohen is his intuition on how to represent brands and how to help them discover who they are. Um, Having that vision as a filmmaker is really key. It's the, it's the, the secret sauce. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with David Seth Cohen and me. Yes, he did it. Hey, yeah, sorry. Uh, it's my first time doing Instagram Live. Oh, dude, that's totally okay. Yeah, we've, had, we've had people who tried to join from their computers and they're like banging their head. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm like, you got to yeah. do it from the phone. Yeah. You got to do it from the phone. So. I knew that. I just, I still don't know how to go live. I, I clicked on your link and now I'm here. So, hey, it's all good. It is all good. This is, you know, a lot of people will watch this after the fact. So they're going to see a couple of pauses and go, what the heck happened? But I, yeah. uh, we, fig- where we is figured that guy? it out. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, where, where did he disappear to? So, yeah. we've got a good-looking guy here, David Seth yeah. Cohen, who's hey. got some got some uh, sport sporting event on in, in the background. I know uh, that's a documentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. all right. So, my my first most important question, because I know you, you know, you're probably a slightly bigger sports fan than I seem to be these days. What happened over the weekend? Was it like the greatest NCAA basketball of all time, or did did you not uh, watch it either? I didn't watch it either. Okay, because um, I completely missed it. I had friends who were like talking all about it, and I was just hanging. I was just busy with like my with kids and 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 work, and all of a sudden they're like four 
you know, teams that really weren't, um, you know, apparently no teams east of the Mississippi or in the Final Four. It's like a big deal. All right, so never mind. We won't talk about sports, but yeah, uh, I, I, I used to I used to follow sports a lot more than I do now. I kind of just similar to like you. It's the time is so limited. It's you know, kind of kind of gets crossed off the list. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's talk. Let's talk about you. You're 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 a filmmaker. I mean, you've got like a mate. This I go on your website. You've got you've got all sorts of funny shorts. You've got we have a lot to talk about. But day to day, you know, as I as I know you, you've been making helping people make promotional videos uh, in and around New York. So tell me about your you know your the trajectory of what's happened to with that over the last few years has it become just a you know booming business are people really making a lot more videos these days yeah well i mean look uh you know videos have been a big part of you know the world for for a while now but i think even more so over the last bunch of years where they realize how effective these videos can be for their companies you know, somebody puts out a, a, a video, for instance, a bunch of years back, Dollar Shave Club was a nobody company. They put out like this awesome video, right. got millions of hits, and their business grew. So I think people are realizing more and more that, you know, if you put something out there that, get, that, that gets, you know, catchy, that's catchy enough to, to get viral, who knows what could happen? You know, I mean, your business could, it could skyrocket, you know? Right. And, and, and so to me, like, you know, I have fun. I like am fairly loose. I'm just having a conversation with myself essentially uh, to, with a camera in front of me. So it's like, all right, but like some people are pretty, you know, can, can be pretty uptight. And so like when somebody says to you, well, they're, they're trying to decide they want to hire you, but then they could also, I guess, just do it themselves. It just seems like it's an obvious, like, have you looked at bad video versus, I mean, tell me about what you, your process of when you're working with, people who are trying to make videos. I mean, like, it's a whole creative process, right? Yeah, I mean, usually it starts off with a conversation to kind of discuss what they're looking to do. And sometimes the client doesn't know what they're looking to do, they just want to make a video. Right. So, you know, in the opening initial conversation, it's a matter of figuring out, hey, you know, what's going to be best for your company? What's going to, you know, uh, fit your brand? And coming up with the initial concept of like, this is what, um, the next step in the process is usually uh, scripting it, um, where we'll kind of, you know, uh, have another, you know, meeting and discuss, you know, what content needs to be in there, what's going to be said, because realistically, the most important thing for your brand is what you're saying. You, know, you do a lot of videos and you know, it's, it's, you're saying something. There's, there's a reason people hire you. It's what you say. It's, it's the, 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 the feeling they get when they see you or hear what you're doing. And so it's the same thing for any company out there. I mean, you know, look at all these brands that spend millions and millions of dollars on commercials, on television, and there's a reason they do it. It's because it, they're getting a, po a point across and, you know, they want you to buy into it. It's, a, it's similar for any kind of, any organization you're doing something for, Somebody's got to buy into it, right? So, so you know, my, my sense, because I do want to talk about your work with philanthropies, because it seems, I mean, the number I heard, which just blew my mind, is that you've helped philanthropies raise something like $40 million, which is an absurdly, you know, it's a, by most philanthropic, you know, standpoint, that's a ton of, ton of money and a ton of fundraising. How, how, 
do you work with these companies? It's, it seems like most of the marketing is, is pulling at heartstrings. Is that harder yeah. for you or is it easier? Is it harder than, uh, than working with brands or is it easier? I guess it might, you know, I, I could see it going it, either way. Yeah, no, it can go either way. Um, it really depends on the organization. You know, um, the, the first like big film I did was for St. Francis Prep. They're located in Queens. Um, they had their 150th anniversary and they were looking to raise, I, th I think it was like $15 million for capital improvement building and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so that project was big. I mean, it was, a, it was a big video. It was kicking off this huge campaign that they had. Um, it played in front of uh, somewhere between four and 500 people. Um, and, it, and, you know, and it, it really helped them raise the money that they needed for their school. Um, after that, you know, um, I got a couple other, I, I started doing other work for other organizations. Um, I did work for a doctor who was looking to raise a half million dollars. He invested a half a million dollars into his foundation. Uh, he was a, a, a huge in, infectious disease doctor. His name was Dr. Leon Smith. He passed away a bunch of years ago. He had started this foundation and he put a half a million dollars of his own money into the foundation and wanted to match that the night of his gala. So again, a whole bunch of prominent people were there, um, film played. He ended up raising over $500,000 for his, his video. After that, I just started getting approached. Um, uh, I got approached by the American Heart Association. I created a film for them, which they used for a full year and paraded it around with this girl that was in it. Um, to multiple locations in the tri-state area, and they raised a lot of money with that. It, it actually won a Platinum Hermes Creative Award, which is a really cool award for these kind of uh, films. And then from there, it was just, you know, people would find out about what I do. And basically, the process with these organizations is an initial conversation. Okay, we'll figure out what the story is and how to, how to best tell it. And then, of course, like you mentioned earlier, you know, it's all about pulling on the heartstrings, right? So you need something that's going to make people want to open up their pockets and, and help out these organizations. You know, an example, the Heart Association film that I mentioned was about this 14 year old girl who had a major heart issue and she was a dancer and she, uh, she wanted to, after surgery, six months later, she wanted to go to nationals and everybody was like, you can't, you know, just get better. And she's like, no, I'm going to go she ends up going to nationals and winning nationals. So wow. right there, like when they told me the story about it, I knew I had something. It was just a matter of, am I able to get the emotion out of the family? And how can I tell the story where it'll, you know, also bring the emotion out in, in people that watch it. And um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of planning that goes into it in advance, but um, I wouldn't say they're harder. It's more a matter of being able to get you know, what you need out of people, you know, making them feel comfortable with you, comfortable enough to talk to you and want to open up. Yeah. So it, it's, so in some level, I mean, it's, it's right. It's like really showing the true essence of a person. I mean, so it's like, you're, I mean, you're like part therapist. I mean, I think it, on some level it's, does it, that sounds, does that sound right or no? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, and sometimes it's not just one person, it's multiple people. You right. know, the second film I did for the American Heart Association had three women all talking about their experiences with 
heart disease and, and what happened with them. So it was also getting them comfortable, all three of them comfortable enough to tell me their story where, you know, I could use it. It's, it's, you know, I really enjoy doing that stuff. I know it sounds like weird, but you know, uh, it's really nice to hear these success stories and to be able to put them on film. And, and, you know, truth is the best part about what I do, especially these gala and fundraising films is actually when I'm at the gala and the film plays. The, the Heart Association, the first film I ever did for them played in front of 1500 people. So watching everybody in the audience gasp and cry knew I knew I did my job right you know I knew it was like this was awesome this was really cool to see and that that's what is about film in general is you know seeing how people react to it you know any kind of film or any kind of project how how often is the story brought to you and how often do you have to discover the story that needs to be told like you know is it is it like how intentional are they they're like we know we have this story and we want you to tell it for us. Or do you, you're like doing a bunch of discovery for them. How does it, you're so the heart work? association. Yeah. So when the heart association approached me with the initial concept, they already had who they wanted and they knew her story. Um, similarly with the, the three other videos I did for them, they knew who they wanted in the video and, and where they wanted to go. The last one I did for them, they threw a couple people at me and asked me what I thought, who I thought would be the best one. Other organizations, I have to find the story. Um, you know, so for instance, you know, I just did a film recently for another school, uh, a nonprofit that handles um, only special needs children. So, you know, when in discussing it with them, we scripted in advance where I told them, like, these are the kind of stories I'm looking for. Can you provide um you know alumni parents that have had these kind of you know stories or something similar and so you know sometimes it's it's a little planned in advance but it's always still a little off you know you, you'll you want to get the the authenticity the authenticity excuse me um from these people you don't want to completely script them you know what i'm saying so i might have an idea of what i'm looking for but they're not going to say it the way i wrote it they're going to have their own way of saying it. So if I know this special needs child couldn't walk and then they went to the school and the school taught them how to walk and now they walk, I know what I need to get out of the people ultimately. It's just a matter of, you know, delivery and how they're going to deliver it. And sometimes I'll, I'll ask them to answer it again for me and I'll ask it in a different way until I get what I feel is going to move me. Cause if they could move me, then they can move anyone, you know? All right. When you say that, I mean, you're sort of, you've got your antenna up and you're just waiting to be emotionally touched. And then you're like, okay, we got it. Is that exactly. Kinda, exactly. Is that... Any, any film, if I'm doing a, a promotional video for a client and the CEO's on camera, sometimes I don't believe them. And I'll say that. Listen, I don't believe you. Make me believe you. If I don't believe you, the audience isn't going to believe you. And then they'll, they'll go again and, you know, they'll do it until, until they get it. You know, most people will... Most people are pretty good with taking direction when it comes to that stuff. They, they value your, your feedback. Right. You're the professional in the room. You're like, look, you look great. You know, everything is perfect. Just, just, I want to believe you. So let's, let's, you know, yeah, it's. I, it's got, you gotta be believable. Right. So let's, let's talk about that. So, you know, you're, you have to bring, what happened first, you know, as you were thinking about making movies, was it, that you were telling stories that you invented 
or were you like starting down the kind of the road of like documentary filmmaking first? Like how did, how did, what, what's, which way, where did it start? Well, the interesting thing is when I was in college, I was a pre-law major. I wasn't even a film and video major, you know, like I didn't even know I wanted to do this. Um, when I was a junior, um, um, you started, you, you were pre-law. Yeah, oh, sorry, I was, I'm breaking up. Um, I was college, um, and uh, I, it was my junior year, and a buddy of mine who was in some, like a big movie and a bunch of TV shows and on Broadway, um, he passed away. And mm. when I heard he passed away, at the same time, I was taking this intro to film class. And I don't know, you know, I created my first short film. It was like, we had to cut in camera, which means you're basically shooting and that's it, you're not editing. So it's like, you have to plan your shots in advance. So let's just say like, you know, I have a shot of me like this, like a wide shot, and then I'm walking through a door and I change the angle, shoot again. And that, so we have to cut in camera. And um, when I shot the film and I played it back, the first cut, I fell in love. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And you know, I changed my major to the dismay of my parents um, <laughs> to mass communications with a concentration in film and television. And that's kind of how I got into it. Um, you know, that was the start. And uh, after that, I, I interned at Dateline NBC in Manhattan in 1997. And then the following year, graduated college in 98. And um, I started out working for a wedding photographer as a lighting assistant, and then got a job on the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. And that's how my like, you know, then that was like narrative I was working on. And um, after that, I, I was actually a producer at a, a TV station. I created a bunch of shows, um, left the station in 2006 because I had this concept and dream to go ahead and make this movie. And I decided to make a movie. It was a documentary, like, yes. Um, however, the funny thing is I never like, I never really considered myself to be a documentary filmmaker. I always liked it scripted you know, scripted projects. I had done this uh, scripted film called The Delivery, which is in the Long Island International um, uh, 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 Film Festival back in 98. And I never thought I would be doing a documentary, but it kind of fell on me. And I just decided to go ahead and do it. Um, but yeah, I do script out. Uh, we have some scripted content as well that we're working on and, uh, you know, yeah. And so, and so has it always been in New York or did you have a, you know, I, my question always with people who are in, in entertainment, it's like New York, LA, New York, LA, like what makes, what makes that decision? You know, I, I mean, we know lots of entertain people, entertainment here in New York, yeah. but then, you know, what, why not LA? Well, so it's funny. Um, you know, I was always kind of like nervous to go to LA just cause I didn't know anyone out there. I didn't really know the game here. I have family, friends. I've, I lived here my whole life in New York. So, you know, starting here in New York was kind of always the, I guess the way it just kind of felt right. Um, I actually did work on a movie in Miami, which was kind of cool. I was out there for, I think it was like three months in 2000 or 2001. I was out there, it was yeah. cool. a movie called Shadows. It had James Caan, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Matthew Modine, and a couple other like cool celebrities. Um, so that that was that was fun. And then actually, I did get to make a movie in L.A. in 2015. Um, I got approached by a producer 
he uh you know wanted some help producing he had a small role that i could play in the movie um and so the film was being shot in la so i went out there i helped produce it and uh and i, I had a little role in the movie which was kind of fun so the cool thing is like with movies you could shoot them anywhere and you could also travel wherever you need to go to do it so whether my home base is here los angeles you know arizona or wherever you know, if you have the budget and you have the personnel and, and the story and you're able to make it, you can shoot it anywhere. And so, so what's, so talk to me about the actual product. Like, what are you working on these days? I so, mean, I, let's talk about like the big one. Like you, yeah. you made this document, this feature, it's a feature length documentary, right? Yeah. Feature length documentary. It's called Finding Sandler. Um, I've been working on it for 15 years. Um, long, long time, long journey. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's very close to finish. I'm gonna say within the next month or so, I should have this thing completely wrapped up. Um, you know, right now, we just started submitting it as a work in progress to some film festivals. So we'll see if we get in. Um, and then, you know, we'll see where the world takes us. I mean, uh, obviously it would be amazing to get it on a Netflix, HBO Max, Amazon, um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see uh, what audience, where it goes. Got it. Yeah, it's it. So, it, and do you want to talk about it anymore? Do you want to tell like a little bit about what it's about, or yeah, or do you want to keep um, it at that? Well, the quick story. Um, so, as I mentioned before, I worked on the movie Big Daddy. Um, growing up, uh, you know, Adam Sandler was always a, a hero of mine. Um, particularly, you know, growing up as a Jewish kid, there were never any Hanukkah songs. So when he came right. up with that Hanukkah song, it I don't know how it felt for you, but it made me feel cool to be Jewish for a change. You know, we never had a song and we finally did on the radio and it was actually funny and cool. Um, so I became a big Sandler fan back then, you know, with the Saturday Night Live, Opera Man. And so, you know, when I got that job on Big Daddy, which was years later, it was super exciting for me. I was like really pumped. I might get a chance to meet my hero and who knows, I might have a conversation with the guy and, you know, you never know what's going to happen from there. So the night of the premiere for The Waterboy, which was here in Manhattan, he wanted to wear clothing from the set of Big Daddy and I happened to work for the costume designer. Now, I never really had any interest in costume design. Um, in fact, I wear sweatshirts all the time, but um, he, you know, uh, just to be able to have the opportunity to work on a, a movie like that, didn't matter what I was doing, you know? So um, the night of the premiere, he wanted to wear clothing from the set. And so my boss said, hey, David, I need you to take these clothes, drop them off at Adam's apartment, just give them to the doorman, take home this girl, Autumn. She was a, a costume PA in my department. And, uh, and then you can go home for the night. So I, I go up to Sandler's building. I, I give the doorman the clothes and he's like, hey man, just bring them up to Adam. I was like, oh, all right. You know, so Autumn's in the car. I'm a poor 22 year old guy, no cell phone. So she's just sitting there in a double parked car I go up to Sandler's apartment. I, you know, knock on the door, and from behind the door, I hear, "Who is it? What do you want?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's Dave. I'm just a PA here to deliver your clothes from here." So he opens the door. He's got a huge smile on his face, and he's like, "Hey, man, you want to come in and hang out and have a drink?" And I like, I froze for a second, and I had like these thoughts start going through my head, like, "My boss." It was the first thing that came to my mind is, "My boss will kill me and fire me all in one shot," and Autumn was <laughs> in the car. So I was like, I can, I got Autumn in the car. I got to drive her home. You know, I got other stuff I got to take care of. And um, his assistant happened to be there, this guy, John, 
who's in a lot of his movies, you'd probably recognize him if I showed you a picture. And yeah. he remembered me. We used to chat at the breakfast truck in the morning. He's like, David, just come in, at least check out the balcony he's got here. I'm like, okay, fine. So I go in, they take me, you know, through the hallway to the balcony. And it's like one of those wraparound balconies that goes around the building. Yeah. I was like, sick, but I got to get going. <laughs> right. So never had the chance to hang out with Adam Sandler again, right? Fast forward now, eight years. I'm, uh, I turned 30. Uh, at, the, at the time, I was living in my grandmother's basement apartment with my girlfriend at the time and my two dogs. And uh, I was a producer at a Catholic TV station, which was a little unorthodox considering I'm Jewish, right? And so I just wasn't where I thought I would be in my life at age 30. And I would have these nights over the summer that year where I would just toss and turn in bed thinking like, what if I stayed and hung out with Adam Sandler? You know, like he's notorious for helping people out that he likes. And, you know, I have moments where I'm likable. So maybe he would have liked me. <laughs> right. so, um, you know, pipe dream potentially, but the what if was always in my mind. And then I had this dream one night that I went to California looking for him. And in my dream, somehow I found him and we started walking and talking and I woke up. And when I woke up, uh, you know, not only at that time was I producing at a, at a TV station, but I had a small production company where I was starting to do with these corporate videos and a bunch of cameras and I had a business partner. And I called my business partner and I said, hey man, I, you know, I had this dream and I wanna make a movie. It's gonna be called Finding Sandler. And I wanna go on a quest to find Adam and have the drink that I passed up. And his first reaction was, can we talk about this later at 6 a.m.? I'm like, okay. Yeah, hey. <laughs> so I go, I go to work that morning and I, I, had a, I was producing a, 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 um, a cooking show at the time. And so my associate producer, I went up to him and I started telling him about this dream. He's like, I'll help you. What do you need to do? I'll do anything. I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. And I went out to lunch with the uh, senior executive producer of the station, told him the story, expecting him to be like, you're out of your mind. Don't do this. But he was all for it. He's like, great idea. I'm in. What do you need me to do to help? Then all of a sudden, people started wanting to help right. me. Everybody wanted to started, help. Just yeah. started shooting. And that was it. And, you know, 15 years later, here I am still editing my movie. But very close yeah. to being done. Amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I, I really... I'm excited to see how the story ends because, you know, you've got the story and then you've got the, the bigger story, which is your life. Um, it's, I, and, and so you're going to, you're, you're, this is like a unique uh, New York thing, right? Where, you know, it's, it's going to be this New, Long Island, New York City tinged adventure that gets you what? I guess yeah. gets you out to, gets you out to LA. Yeah, so. we did travel to LA. We traveled to New Hampshire where Sandler grew up. Uh, we were in Vegas for like a few hours, um, but it was mainly shot, you know, majority of the movie was shot in New York and New York City, Long Island. Um, so it's, it's cool. It's definitely got that hometown kind of vibe and New York people, you know, Sandler went to school at NYU. So, um, you know, he spent a lot of time here too, which is cool. So yeah, yeah it's, it's exciting, you know. Awesome, man. Well, I, 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 this is really fun. You know, you've, you've got this this dream and it's, you know, it's gonna, whatever happens, it's like, it's amazing that you've, you're 99.9% .9 of the way to having this, uh, this, this beautiful thing kind of into the world. So best of luck yeah. with it. And, Thank uh, you. you know, for, you know, for those of you who, who are watching this later, you know, it's, this is, um, you know, Dave produced some of our, our animated videos. So I, I guess I, I want to finish by just saying thank you 
for helping us bring some really fun stuff to life in the middle of a pandemic uh, with some animation. And uh, I guess my, you know, you've actually created some animated stuff for yourself lately, right? Um, yeah, well, what, Finding Sandler has a lot of animation in it, actually. Um, and the animated character is me. It's also the people that were helping out on the movie and Adam Sandler and, you know, a whole bunch of other uh, random characters. Um, right. Yeah, listen, animation's great. You were a great animated character, Scott. I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm animated. Was, I'm normal. Yeah, animated, it, so. it was cool to see you as an animated character walking through yeah. different spots, you know, and uh, showing home, you're showing what it, what you guys do. And, you know, uh, hopefully it was effective for your company and, and, you know, people have complimented you on it. I, I think it was a bold move for you to go ahead and, and you know, do something like that. You know, there, there aren't a lot of real estate brokers, pardon my French here, that have the balls to actually do something that has a little bit of comedy in it um, and, you know, is different. And you did that. So I think it's a cool, uh, it was a really great project. Um, and, you know, I really hope that it helped you and your, and your business. Um, but either way, I think, you know, it was definitely something that was different than other brokers do. And, and you got you, you to gotta take props for that you know yeah thanks man yeah we we just we just do what we're inspired to do it sounds like you do the same so yeah um we're 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 very alike in that way so awesome dude well it's great to see your face i haven't seen you in a while uh got to have a one-to-one -one conversation we'll do it in, in front of everybody you so too. that's a lot of fun and uh best <laughs> of luck finishing the edit you know i hope it's a really productive month for you thank you i really appreciate it scott and thanks again for having me on here uh, this was a lot of fun and uh, first time Instagram live. So maybe I'll have to do this a little more. Well, that was our conversation. David Seth Cohen and me, Scott Harris. If you like what you're hearing, please share it. We're having a lot of fun doing these interviews. This was a, an Instagram live that we converted into a podcast. We're doing a lot more straight podcast interviews. If there are people that you think that would be a lot of fun for me to interview, please email me. Everything is on, uh, is on in the show notes and you can learn how to be in touch. You can check us out at Harris Residential Team on Instagram or Scotty Harris and check out scottharris.net and hope you're having a great time. Here we are, it's fall and uh, we are setting sail into some really great um, some great times in the market uh, in real estate if you're thinking about that dream home for yourself. Thanks.